On today's episode, we're going to make it quick for you. Chris Mannix is going to recap some NBA storylines from Vegas, and we'll do an extended life advice. It's the Ryan Rosillo podcast presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs and FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming, so please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and older. 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode of the Ryan Rosilla podcast is brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's french fries changed my life. They taught me to want. They taught me the taste of anticipation. There's no wrong way to eat a french fry from McDonald's unless you're eating my french fries. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. Let's talk some hoops. He's out in Vegas from Sports Illustrated senior NBA writer Chris Mannix. Okay, I haven't talked to you about it, and I feel like I've already talked about it too much, but just give me your perspective on the Dame situation, the market, and and what kind of timeline we're looking at here. I just don't think we're anywhere with this. Um, you know, Miami's made an offer. We know that. Uh, Portland doesn't like the offer. We know that. Uh, Portland wants to drum up some competition for Lillard, uh, but there isn't any out there at the moment. I I have not heard of one, you know, serious offer for Damian Lillard at this point from another team. Uh, Just nothing. Like the landscape at this moment is, is pretty barren. And, you know, I was at Joe Cronin's media availability on Monday and, you know, my biggest takeaway from that was, you know, Joe saying, if this takes months, it takes months. And, that's a pretty firm indicator that there's just nothing out there uh, outside of what Miami's willing to give. And, and in Portland, they know whatever Miami's offer is, it's probably their low ball offer because Miami knows what everybody else knows that the market is not robust for Lillard. So, you know, Miami hasn't put all their chips in either. So I think right now, we're just at kind of an impasse with all this that where until, you know, if, and when Miami beefs up its offer and if, and when another team or teams gets into this, that's when it could get interesting, but I don't get the sense that Portland is going to trade Lillard for whatever's on the table right now. They want something significantly better. And Joe Cronin seems willing to wait it out a while until it gets there. How, like, how concerned are you if you're another team and you're trading for Lillard? Like, what do you think he's capable of doing despite the contract that's still on, is on the books here? I look, there's some players where, and it kind of sucks that, like, the guys that you're more scared of, that they're more likely to get their way, right? There's a couple players that if, that if I knew that they didn't want to show up to my franchise, I'd be like, I can't get into business with him because I know his track record sucks and this is exactly what he'd do to us. Dame has never done anything like that. He doesn't have that kind of rep. It seems like he's, I mentioned this with Bill, like on Sunday where like with Durant, you almost know if you trade for him and he's unhappy. I mean, hell, Brooklyn was told to fire everybody and trade him this summer. And they kind of banked on like Durant loves playing basketball. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of 
curious on kind of what you've gathered and what you think like the fear factor is for the other teams that aren't the preferred destination. I, I don't think there's a real fear that what Lillard's agent Aaron Goodwin is putting out there is is going to happen. Um, I I don't think there's I've not heard from teams that feel like Lillard's going to get there and he's going to sulk because that that's just not the evidence we've seen from Damian Lillard over these last 11 years. Uh, he's just always been a professional and he's always been about winning. Uh, so if he gets traded to Philadelphia, I think he'd go and I think he'd play to the highest, his highest level. If he gets traded to Boston, uh, just throwing that out there, I think he'd go and I think he'd play at the highest level. I, I don't think he'd be disgruntled as, as his agent has kind of described to teams. I don't think he'd be sour about it. Um, I think he'd play. I, I think the bigger issue, Ryan, is that these, some of these teams don't know if Lou's the right fit, you know, for, for a couple of reasons. One, the contract, of course, the last two years paying him an excess of $60 million per year. He's going to be 33 years old, I think in four days. Uh, so he's, he's getting up there in age with a lot of years and a lot of money left on that deal. And, you know, if you're a team that's acquiring him, you know, you know, you're getting a great offensive player, but what kind of defensive player are you getting? If you bring Lillard into your mix, what does he do to your defensive identity? If you're Boston or if you're Philadelphia, I mean, that's the, these are, are questions I think that are more significant for teams that are interested in Damian Lillard than any thought to him, you know, sulking or whining or being disgruntled at all. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because there's some times where I think about this where I go, okay, first of all, this contract kind of just scares me in general if I'm the other team. Um, and maybe that leads to less competition and less less of an offer than you would think in comparison to some of the other guys that have been traded. But I feel like there's very little ownership of it. And I don't expect like Dame to go on IG Live and be like, hey, I suck on defense, so I'm part of the problem. It's just not what anybody does. But he's terrible on defense. He's terrible on defense. And so you better have something else around him to support him being the weak link. And unfortunately for Portland, the other guy they had was always another small guard. So you they were never really built to support him. So the part of that's on Portland, but part of that's also on him. And he skates from that criticism all the time because I think we're all so enamored as we should be with how great he is offensively. Um, the reason I think the Boston thing is is at least a good transition here is we've seen a lot of the other extensions already get done. A lot of those extensions are reported at $260 million for the guys in the rookie extensions, but that's with the Rose rule. You know, A lot of the baseline stuff's like $216 million. But with Jalen Brown here, um, what's the holdup? Why hasn't this been done? I, I think there's you know, when I talk to people in Boston, it's always optimism. It's always like, it's going to get done. It's going to get done. It's going to get done. And I believe that because the Celtics don't want to go into next season without Jalen Brown locked in long-term. And in the history of these contracts, nobody turns them down. So they eventually get cobbled together. So I'm of the belief that whether it takes a few more days or a few more weeks, Jalen Brown is going to get signed to something close to that super Mac extension. But you know, these contractual terms, like there's so many little things you can negotiate over, incentives you can negotiate over, coming in just a little under the 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 super max full number that you can get. And the way the CBA, you know, I mean, you think about it, like what was it like eight days ago when all these teams got the official version of the collective bargaining agreement, they got the, the full 796 pages or whatever amount it was eight, 10 days ago. Um, 
Yeah, it's still kind of being digested and think teams are still trying to figure out what works best uh, financially under these rules. So I think, you know, whether it's with Jalen's agent and the Celtics, I, I think they're going to go back and forth for a few more days and then they'll finally come to some some kind of agreement. I'm not at all, you know, I, I don't have any questions really that this that this deal with Jalen Brown is going to get done. I'm more interested though, Ryan, like in, you know, to keep it on Boston, like I think the Celtics should do whatever it takes to get Damian Lillard. I'm of that belief. Like I've just seen the last couple of years in the playoffs where you've had Jason Tatum for whatever reason, you know, the finals, he was exhausted game seven against Miami. He was injured, but they've just been kind of missing that reliable guy to get them a bucket. I know that Lillard would cost them a lot defensively. They, but I think they're already kind of throwing out their defensive versatility with Chris S. Porzingis there. They got to change things up regardless with him in the rotation. I, I'm just, I wouldn't trade Jalen Brown. Um, but if you can get Damian Lillard for some other package, including Derek white and Rob Williams plus draft picks, I do it. I mean, I think the windows here, I think it's, it's, it's wide open right now. And I, I just, he, he strikes me as the kind of guy they need to get over the top. They've been missing that type of guy the last couple of years. Is it crazy to think that once we get past Brown and it's Derek White and Rob Williams and picks that I like Tyler Hero and Miami's offer for the first time in a week? <laughs> because <laughs> I, you know, Hero in a way is is become dismissed completely as an it's asset. It's crazy. It's crazy. Right. Imagine, imagine Ryan if he had played if he had played in the postseason and helped Miami get to the finals. We wouldn't be having this conversation right now. It's it's largely because. Hero was absent. Miami did what they did. And everybody has stopped remembering how good an offensive player Tyler Hero is and is only focusing on his defensive inabilities and that contract. Although it was weird for them to go on that kind of run. And then it was even brought up like, are they actually better because they're not worried about him defensively? I I don't know that I I buy that just because I didn't like their offense and knowing that he's watching all the games and you're like, hey, there's going to be a couple games where his offense would have been enough. I don't. First of all, not enough to win an NBA championship because I just feel like finally the, the talent gap caught up to Miami. But, you know, the hero thing on its own, I don't like that being the only offer. But if the Clippers were only offering Norman Powell, I'd be like, you have to do better than Norman Powell. And certainly if it was some Boston thing where, you know, and clearly they're probably a third or fourth team and whatever this is. So Hero may not even be the main piece back. But then it's like, okay, what does Hero get you? And the game I always like playing too is like, okay, if you're a Heat fan, like if you think Hero is a better, a better starting point than than Maxi in Philadelphia, would you be upset if you got Maxi for Hero straight up? And I don't think you would be. Uh, some people may push back on that. Some people may today sit there and say they like Hero better than Maxi, but I think I'd rather have Maxi. I would too. I'd rather have Maxi, uh, and I think if the Sixers got in it with Maxi and, and look, Philadelphia's biggest problem is their draft capital is just not there. They've got what one pick of their own. I think they can trade. They're trying to get more capital in a James Harden deal. Uh, but if the Sixers can find a way to deal Harden to the Clippers and get one or more draft picks back, I wouldn't hesitate if I was them to package Tyrese Maxi and multiple picks to get Lillard because I think they're in a a more immediate situation than Boston is. I mean, their windows, what, three years with, with Joel Embiid? I'm not convinced Embiid's going to age, you know, all that gracefully because his body, I mean, the guy plays through as much pain as anybody in the league right now. I, I'm not convinced that window is going to be much longer than three years. So if I had a chance to get Lillard for Maxi and, and draft capital, I'd do that. 
and add him to that rotation. Okay, so what does this mean for Harden right now? Has has this cooled? Is the emotion cooled from him being upset about what the extension was? Like, could this be reworked in Philadelphia? I think as it currently stands, Philadelphia's inclination is to bring Harden back because just like with Portland, they don't like the offers that are out there. And really, again, it's it's offer singular. As far as I know, there has not been a second substantive offer for Damian, for James Harden, rather, other than what the Clippers are putting on the table. And the Clippers, just like Miami, they're kind of keeping their powder dry here a little bit. Like, they know it is a one-team race at the moment. They know they're the only ones that are really in this. Um, so they're... They're not offering Terrence Mann, as far as I know. They're not offering much, if anything, in the way of draft capital, as far as I know. Um, and that's not enough. Like, you you can't, if you're Philadelphia, look at Joel Embiid and say, we just traded James Harden for, like, Marcus Morris and expiring contract X. Like, you can't you can't do that. Not when, not when, Hart, when Embiid, I, I think, is perfectly willing to go into next season and deal with whatever distraction may be out there to have James Hart on the team. I mean, is there any player in the NBA more equipped to go into a season with a distraction than Joel Embiid? I mean, I thought he handled the Ben Simmons stuff as well as any player could possibly have handled it. I think Joel Embiid would be fine. I mean, whether or not Harden sulks his way through, you know, the first couple of months, I don't know. That remains to be seen. But I don't think you can go to Joel Embiid and say, all right, here's our roster. And then this is a gap year, which I've heard a lot you know, about. And we're going to use our, our cap space next summer to go and get a guy. And don't worry, Tyrese Maxey's going to take a big step forward. That's a big risk to take with, with a player uh, at this stage of his career like Embiid. So I think right now, you know, you know if this is it, if this is the best that's going to be on the table for, uh, for Philadelphia, I think it's more likely we see Harden back in uniform. I do think, though, the Clippers, I think at some point they'll up their offer. Like, the Clippers, they're not quite in that situation they were a few years ago where they had to have Paul George to get Kawhi Leonard and they were willing to do everything it took to get Paul George. And Oklahoma City is, like, still reaping the rewards from that deal. But they're in a, in a tough spot. Like, they know that their window is, like, one or two years. Uh, they know they need a playmaker. Uh, James Harden wants to be there. It's not a huge financial risk to take because of the one year left in his contract. I, I think you'll see the Clippers in the coming weeks and months uh, beef up their offer to get a deal done. It's a really good point on Embiid being conditioned to kind of deal with this stuff. But based on Harden's track record, you'd go, okay, what's he going to look like on one year left? Like, would he be willing to mail it in with Philadelphia knowing that Embiid is, is trying for something else and that everybody else on that roster is thinking, we're not that far away, right? We're not that far. It's not It's not impossible to think that we could be in the Eastern Conference Finals if everybody's as good as they were last year. I don't think that's a crazy statement at all. And maybe you'd look at Harden and say, okay, well, wait a minute. You know, Houston, they weren't going to be very good, and that's why he did what he did. And then with Brooklyn, he was really frustrated with the Kyrie thing, which I would agree with him on and understand. But the track record is really bad. And that's why I think the offer for him should be bad because you go, okay, so wait, what if he finally, and I think he wants to go to LA because he want he figures Balmer's the best chance of him getting the contract. That's why he opts in, gives him more opportunities as opposed to just being a straight free agent. So if I'm the Clippers, I'm going, well, wait a minute, like I got a deal for you, but 
I'm I'm not in a hurry to be handing out a long-term extension to your number and move on a ton of really good assets on top of everything else when in a year you could do what you've already done two other places. Mm-hmm. So, and then one of the last pieces that I'm glad you brought up, and we've learned this in previous off seasons here, if Daryl in the front office go to Embiid being like, hey, this is a gap year, but we promise we'll do this next year, that's a promise you can't really make. One is cap space almost means nothing. You could mm-hmm. say where you could use it to trade for somebody and just absorb them with a cap space, but that's not a great player if he's just going into cap space. And the free agent class of next year, even if you're projecting out what you think it would be now, it's going to change and it's not going to be nearly as impactful. It doesn't mean that that person's going to just choose you. So they're going to have to figure something else out beyond the gap year. I think we're in agreement on that one. I agree. Yeah. It, look, it's a good point. The Clippers, I'd add to that, you know, Harden's got to be looking at the Clippers thinking, like many of people are thinking, that they're going to open that new building in, what, 2024. And they're not looking to go into that building with, like, Terrence Mann as a centerpiece of that team. They're going looking to go into that building with as many stars as possible. Like, that's going to be the greatest building of all time. And, and they're going to want to, you know, go into it with a splash. That's why, you know, we might see an extension for Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or the guys there, because they want to make sure all those guys are are there when that building opens. And Bomber is one of the few owners that will will spend. But for Harden, like I think what Philly can bank on is Harden's desire for self-preservation to, to get that contract. Like Harden, he goes into next year and he lays an egg like he did in Houston or he waves the white flag like he did in Brooklyn. Nobody's going to sign him, not just to a big contract. Nobody's going to sign him, period. Because if you do that over and over again and you go into next offseason at 35 years old, why would anyone trust you with anything beyond like a minimum salary or or maybe some kind of biannual exception. Like, why would you do that? Why would you put yourself in that position? So I think Harden's desire to be desired, to be sought after in free agency in the summer of 2024 will make him valuable to the Sixers next season. I think you can count on him playing hard and being in shape and being as good a teammate as he can possibly be, if for no other reason than if he doesn't, his career could end next season. Well, end in the sense of like the stature that he's at now. I mean, but 35, like, well, I mean, yeah. Well, he's not going to retire it's, it's, in a year. No, it's, it's, it's a little bit of hyper, hyperbole, but like. I just want to make sure. But, that's but, but, what, but, what, like, but what could, who's, if Harden, you know, does his thing and, and acts like Houston Harden or Brooklyn Harden, like, like who's out there give like there's no money anyway like if you if you're a winning team you've already paid paying two stars big money you're not going to pay James Harden big money like what are you looking at you're going to go from 35 million dollars to like five I mean I I don't uh, maybe 10 maybe the mid-level exception somewhere I I just at his age and and while he's still a great offensive player continued to decline defensively uh I I don't this is his last chance to make any kind of market for himself in free agency Sacramento, they cleared the decks. They made some moves on draft night. And you were like, wait, are they going to get frisky here? And now looking at what Golden State did, it feels like everybody was kind of aligned on the same page. And then that probably is a hint at maybe what happens with Clay, you know, after this year that they got off the pool money. Maybe there's a play out there, whether it's Chris Paul's contract this year. You know what I mean? Like they, they've allowed themselves some options, but when it was happening, like, wait, is Sacramento going to go for Draymond? Or is this something that's just floated out there so they feel like they can get every last dollar from Golden State? But what Sacramento ended up doing was kind of just taking care of their own business, making sure everything's 
aligned, at least timeline wise, extending, redoing some deals here. So what's the sense that you've got in Vegas, like Sacramento, who's, you know, really good regular season team, maybe ahead of schedule a little bit, liking their core that much to just say, we're locked back in and let's go back and run it. Yeah, I didn't get the sense talking to people in and around that organization that, you know, the trade that opened up all that room was about anything externally. Uh, I think it was about realizing that Rishon Holmes wasn't working out there and getting his contract off the books. It was obviously about creating some flexibility to give DeMontis Sabonis some more money. They're, they're just a big believer in in what they're doing internally. They believe that internal growth next year is going to make them a better team. And there's reasons to believe that. Um, I mean, it is the Sacramento Summer League, but man, Keegan Murray looked great in in that uh, in that brief period. And it, it they, they look at him and they see a potential franchise player. I mean, they believe he's as good as anyone they have on their roster, including De'Aaron Fox, including DeMontis Simone. They believe he's that next star uh, for their team. So if he takes a jump, you know, that makes, you know, an already really good team uh, better next year. And, you know, they're looking at all like their young pieces they've got kind of floating around, including Fox. And they think these guys are going to take another step forward. Another year in Mike Brown's system, you know, playing a little bit better defense, maybe they'll take another step forward. It, it is, you know, last year was the honeymoon year. They end the playoff drought. They get to the postseason. It's not that big a deal. They get beat in the first round by a team uh, as, as experienced as Golden State. This year, there's going to be pressure uh, to not just get to the playoffs, but win a win a series, maybe win two series, you know, advance deep. But, you know, when you talk to Kings officials, you know, they believe that their internal improvement is going to surprise people, that their young guys are are ready to take another step to to get to another level. All right. Speaking of franchise players, uh, you were in the building for Wembenyama. Uh, I imagine Scoot as well for his brief uh, appearance. Can I, can I join this. your uh, your you and Bill Scoot club? Can I? Can I be? We're actually catching I, way more shit. People are ca- like really pissed about that. Um, I think Bill's saying after one summer league game, like I think he's going to be a star, is more than just saying, "Hey, I think he's going to be good." And I, I actually did look at some of the reaction to it. People like were like, "Oh, you guys are so brave." So we're catching like a ton of shit for it, which I know uh, is not I'll, the most I'll surprising happily, thing. I'll happily jump on that bandwagon with you. Like I'll I'll take. I'll take that shit with you. Like, I mean, look, I spent a lot of time talking to executives about, you know, Scoot versus Brandon Miller, which is always going to be the debate for the next couple of years. You know, Charlotte, did they draft for need? Do they really believe that Brandon Miller was the best player on the board? And, you know, a couple of executives I've talked to about Scoot versus Brandon Miller have said to me, like, Scoot Miller, how about Scoot Wembenyama? Like, when will that debate pick up in the next, uh, you know, couple of years? Like, there's just... It's look, it's more than just one summer league game. Like these executives got a good look at Scoot playing for the Ignite all year long. Uh, there's a lot of faith that Scoot is not just going to be good, but be a star. And, and I'm a believer in that. I only we only saw like 21 minutes of, of him in that first summer league game, but you already saw flashes of of a guy that can do a little bit of everything. And if his shot comes along, and I, I don't see why why you wouldn't believe it wouldn't. Like if his shot becomes reliable, uh, you know, over the next couple of years. This guy's so dynamic. Like he's got that Russell Westbrook athleticism, a little bit of kind of that Chris Paul flavor to his game, a little bit of that craftiness that we see um, in some big time point guards. Uh, I I I don't think it's a stretch to say he's going to be a star. I'm I'm a you know to bring it back to Damian Lillard. Like one of the reasons to move Lillard, you know, now instead of bringing him back for training camp and first half of the season, 
you want to hand the keys to this kid. You, you want to let him be your your primary playmaker, your primary ball handler, and grow that way. Because I'm I'm sold on Scoot Henderson. I'm all in on Scoot Henderson as well. I think he's going to be a great player. Yeah, and that's another thing to factor into Miami with it, where it just feels like even though you know, again, I've said it a million times, I, I just think the package is way too low. Whether it's scaring off a few teams, the lack of competition, Miami is the first team that would go, we don't care about the four years. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Give us a two-year window with Butler. Bam's going to be around for a long time. Like with them, you know, I think there's some other teams you'd be like, you sure you want to be able to do this? And again, I think the answer is probably yes for anybody that feels like, I, who cares? Like we're getting this kind of talent in. Other guys get hurt that are younger too that we miss a year on. So maybe one of the four years doesn't work out. But the scoop part of it of maybe the front office and ownership just going, we need to give the keys to this guy. I wouldn't want to give away a player like Dame just because I'm in a hurry to make sure this new draft pick is allowed to do whatever he wants to do. But there's just so many things lining up in Miami's favor that I think we've seen this story before that the player's ultimately going to end up getting his way. Um, anything else? Well, Wembenyama was, I don't know. <laughs> Like I, uh -oh. you know, you know what worries me. The two things worry me a little about Wembanyama. Like he's got to stop. You, you can't dribble drive as much as he does in the NBA. Like that ball takes like four seconds to get from his hand to the part to the floor, and good defenders are going to be able to to pick him apart. Like it, when when I watch him those first couple of games, every time there's like a pile up around the rim, I'm just terrified that someone's going to fall into one of his spider legs. <laughs> like I I have that kind of like awful Kevin Durant, you know guys fall into his legs, you know, pit in my stomach when I, I watch Webanyama. I just, I, I don't know what, what you could do about that. The guy's not going to, his body type's his body type. But, you know, there were a couple of times when there were two or three bodies on the floor and Webanyama's in the middle of it. And I'm kind of cringing going, oh, is, is he going to be okay? You know, when, when that happens. So, you know, everybody's focused on his feet and like, will will that become a problem later in his career? Or, you know, as we've seen with other big men, but, uh, I'm more worried about those knees, man. <laughs> like he contests shots. He's a great shot blocker, great defender already. But man, there's a lot of lot of leg room there to get to get barreled into in the NBA. Length for the first time ever, perhaps a negative um, <laughs> with an NBA player. Thanks, man. Enjoy the rest of the week. All right, you got it, man. This episode is supported by State Farm. So look. A little rock hit your dude's windshield on the highway. And at first you're like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's just a little mark. Nope. Now by the end of the ride, it's a big crack. And it had been a while. So I check out the State Farm app. I go, hey, this is what happened. And the funny thing is, is I was like, do I want to go app first or do I call old school guy? Probably should call. I was like, let's check out the app. Not only did it take a minute to get done, they set up the glass replacement. They told me the estimate ahead of time, said, do you want to go ahead with it? And I was like, now I understand it's all in front of me, all done. I don't even have to talk to anybody. That's how efficient the insurance game has become. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, just like I did, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to somebody. The app was so good, I didn't even need to do that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. 
This episode is brought to you by Modelo. Modelo knows it's not about whether you win or lose. It's about cheering louder, traveling further. It's about showing up no matter what. Because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. An ice-cold reward. Rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows on over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. You want details? Fine. I drive a Ferrari. 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house in the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So, now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required. Life Advice is brought to you by Modelo. Let's face it, life can be hard, but Modelo believes that you are fighters. And you deserve a beer that's brewed for those with a fighting spirit. You deserve Modelo, the mark of a fighter. A rich Mexican lager made with premium hops for crisp and refreshing taste. The perfect reward to celebrate perseverance no matter what life throws your way. Life Advice, lifeadvicerr at gmail.com. Don't forget uh, Friday feedback submissions. Very good, a bunch of those. Friday feedback, rr at gmail.com. Very similar branding wise. Uh, we're going to do a longer life advice uh, because I ended up not doing an open and basically halfway through writing it out i was like i'm not even sure this is that good um so we'll just do some extra life advices here all right let's start with a hot one this one is called new hire i managed saw me doing coke all right hello saruti kyle ryan muddled stats uh whatever 27, 6, 3, 195, bench eight times, eight reps at 245. I know it's just okay. I know that's really good, man. Um, but uh, only lift two or three times a week last year or so because for now, I'd rather spend more mornings at Pilates Studio with a 10 to 1 ratio until I lock down a fit girl with wealthy parents. Oh, okay. Who does this come? guy? Yeah, this guy. <laughs> well, I don't think he says that, but... Um, he has some goals. He knows, he knows what he wants for context. I live in New York city and work at a hedge fund. Okay. Um, head counts. We'll try to leave out some more details that he includes in here just to save him a bit, uh, smaller fund, but, um, 
not so small that we wouldn't care about rumors flying about. Uh, earlier this year, started managing a team of nine who had just three new hires back in June. It's a Friday night. I was out a bit at a raunchy club in Brooklyn. Nothing too crazy, just weird vibes and dancers and cages and lots of drugs. A group of friends, none of them who I work with. A girl I'm casually seeing works in fashion. It sounds like Bateman over here. Um, although that's Gosling's line in the big short. It's like, these aren't my friends. I hang out with fashion people. All right. So I can usually be confident. I won't run into anybody when I go out with her and her friends. This guy sounds, I don't know. He sounds like he's got a pretty wired. Um, it's around 2 AM. Wasn't drinking much. Was doing a lot of Coke. Not something I usually like to do. TBH, uh, because I have a pretty addictive personality. But as long as I space it out a month or so apart and get to see it tested, it will partake. All right. Not quite sure. All right. Uh, been at the same spot for two hours. I get up to use the restroom. It was a bit hazy, but on the way back out, 20 feet away from our spot with a relatively clear view, I see a girl standing with two friends waving at me, and I immediately see uh, that one of the new hires who joined this summer. All right. I go over and say hello. I was in excited coke-out mode for the first 15 seconds until I realized the situation, and my anxiety settled myself down for another 15 seconds, or just, hey, hope you're having a good night. I'll see you Monday. I get back to our table and was panicked for the rest of the night. Based on her tone and how she spoke, she had definitely seen me and knew I was there, but tried to indicate that she just noticed me walking by. So now it's morning and my direct report, uh, at the very least, saw me in a very coked up state and the people I'm doing coke with and most likely saw me directly for a few hours. Additional context, I need to optimize this situation solely for making sure I keep my job until January. Our total compensation heavily is tied to bonuses and I'll have my normal one plus the bonus for my recent promotion coming in, which should be about $400,000. After that, it literally does not matter because I'm planning to dip and start an unrelated company of my own. The extra cash will help me live comfortably while I'm bootstrapping this for a few years. Secondary goal would be keep some relationships rep in case things go south and I want to return here three, four years down the road. But less important since I don't think I'd want to deal with this level of stress for a company that's not mine after 30. All right. Uh, extra context. And I know this is normal in some areas of the finance industry, but not at all at mine. So he's not really from one of the Cokier hedge funds, I think is what he's telling us here. Much nerdier tech company like Vibe. If I got to someone in HR, um, might get drug tested. Not sure they're allowed to do that. Who knows? I need advice on how to proceed and handle the situation. Thus far, I see four potential options. Okay. Option one, ignore situation. Probably has decently high success rate, but boring. <laughs> but <laughs> <Okay>. it's boring. <laughs> so you just said you wanted to, all right, okay. Can't wait for two, three, and four, but boring. And the girl I ran into is uh, both a bit of a nerd and seems friendly with a lot of the other hires across departments. So I feel like this is an exciting story for her to tell, which would quickly spread. I'm not worried about her going to HR or anything like that. More just so gossip getting around and eventually leading to someone who's an ass or has a bone to pick. Option two, take control of the narrative and gaslight. I think this is the best option. We have a morning standup with my small team. So Monday I go into it and mention how I ran into her, talking about how the girl I'm seeing ran into some of our other college friends and they dragged us there, how they get up to some unseemly activities that we'd never do. So we dipped out pretty soon after. This could work. Maybe she was drunk and memory wasn't 100% or she wasn't there that long. If she saw me, we might still work as she might realize it's not something to talk about without saying anything directly. Option three, talk to her early Monday and hint that I'll be on her side as long as this doesn't come up to absolutely anyone. God, that's, oh, in like so, a that's from like a training video. Come on. We've had to right. watch like what not to do. Come on. 
threaten her. Go ahead and cross um, that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically something that would screw me if it got spread and does not benefit her at all. And if anything, would have bad optics for her. So this would be telling her this. We have about a 50% cut rate after the first year. This causes a lot of anxiety with new hires. So I think basically saying that as long as you remain baseline competent, she is one of the better new hires I've seen. I won't let you go next year. Dude, don't even fucking. This is this is the worst. What's four? If, if four is murder, we'll put this one behind it. <laughs> but um, basically saying as long as you remain baseline competent, she is one of the better new hires I've seen. I won't let you go next year, which go a long way in terms of making sure gossip doesn't spread. Could also generally hint at being able to get her a senior level promo sooner than normal. I honestly don't have that kind of influence, but would be gone before it mattered. <laughs> oh my god. So promise her a promotion that you can't even give her and won't be around to help. Ugh. Let's just rule out option three. There's no way yeah. four is worse than three. Uh, option, option four. This one's kind of nuts, but has some potential. So I'm not going to make you turn your head and check me out, but I'm tall, fit, have a good face, and hairline hasn't betrayed me. Tough to relate to, I know. Well, now you're just being an asshole. Yeah, Damn, um, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I mean? Jesus. This girl speaking generously <laughs> this girl speaking generously is a four. I've also everyone's gonna hate this guy so yeah, much. Yeah, uh, losing I've, the crowd. Right. You, the crowd is against you. I've also noticed her checking me out on numerous occasions in the office. I genuinely think if Monday I strike a I strike quickly and make it seem very casual. Tell her she should kick it with me and my friends this weekend and hit it a small amount of interest. I could lead her on for a few months, then see her casually for a few months, then get to January and dip. <laughs> Dude, your approval rating is going to be, it's going to be the lowest of, of an email we've read in a long time. This one has the biggest downside, but I'm so confident it would work out. Maybe I should, but I really don't feel that bad about this one. I think one, two, or three or some combination of these makes sense. The other's out there, but I thought I'd include it just in case you think it has potential and know that I'm open to creative options. Uh, I, where do we start with this one? I guess we start with the advice part of it. Uh, there's a really good chance that, um, you know, whenever, like, a lot of times <laughs> you need to think about how much other people are, aren't thinking about you. Okay. Like that's a pretty good rule of thumb, for like how much you're in your own head and most people it's not getting caught doing Coke in front of a new hire, but in life in general, the number of times that you will spend time thinking that everybody else is thinking about you, like the, the ratio of that is so off. Because you're only thinking about you. You're not thinking about the 10 other people and all the stuff that takes up their day and is a priority. So, yes, of course, there's a chance here. You're saying she blatantly saw you or did she see the group doing it? Were you guys out in the open? I mean, obviously, some places in New York go pretty hard. Um, so, you know, you're, let's just give you the benefit, well, benefit of the doubt. Maybe it's the wrong phrasing here. But just if, if we go with you and agree that she did probably see you, I don't know. I mean, she was there too, right? So that's the other thing you have to remember. If it's a really weird kind of spot and you're young and you're in this world, it might not be the most shocking thing she's ever seen, right? So 
you've thought about this so much that you're probably wasting your time thinking about it this much. I mean, clearly option one is the one that makes the most sense. Just ignore it. I know you said it was boring, right? Go ahead, Kyle. I would, number one is, is easy, easily the option. I mean, the first thing is you're off the clock. It wasn't like, you know, she walked into your office like Michael Scott with his pants off and like, you got to be like, oh, we've got to discuss this now, right? It's like, he was, he was out and about. Like, this is, this really should never come up anyway. Uh, and like he said, he knows it's not going to be HR, but I don't think it's a good move for a new person to start spreading shit around, you know, uh, to anybody that matters, at least. I think, I think the new person would know that. Like, it's not, it's not the best idea to show up and be like, did you see what I saw fucking Johnny doing yesterday? Oh my God. Like, you're going to be so out in, in so many circles above like the f- new hire circle. So I don't think that would happen. And uh, number four, if you were going to do option four, I would, I propose four light, like maybe like hang out, but don't actually like no casual seeing her for whatever. You just be like, oh, he's like, he's like a guy at the company that would go, you know, out to a bar with me and not just see me out randomly. If you were like, you know, I would just want to. I would like make some sort of like platonic relationship with this person if you're into that. Um, but like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like go all out with the, you know, the, the, the stage two and stage three of, of option four, but like, I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, you know, going out to going out to a bar post work and, uh, you know, maybe you want to give her some, some of the eyes, you know, give her like a nice smile with long eyes and that's it. You know, she's just like, Oh, he's a, he's, he's a, he's a, he's kind of a good friend. I feel like he's on my side. Maybe I could talk to him about stuff. And also he's cute. And uh, he looked at me that one time, but like you could, you could end it there. There doesn't have to be a, a, a second and third phase to part four. If you were just like, I want to create some sort of relationship, like some sort of memory with this person besides, you know, seeing me at work and then seeing me coming out of the bathroom, you know, wiping my nose that one time. So I don't think there's anything wrong with four, but I think one should be, one should be the, the top, the top part of your plan. And if you wanted to go four, I'd go four light. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you, Ryan. I think option one is always right option. It's like, just do nothing. Likely you're in your own head, but I do think like be nice to her around the office. That's, that's just like an easy one to do. I mean, if you're not nice to her now, I don't make it like awkward where like you've never nice. talked to her before in your life and now all of a sudden like yo like let's be buddies because then that's super weird don't do that but if you have like a casual relationship like your friend she's good she's like one of the better people i don't know make her feel your wing a little bit like just make you know just be awkwardly friendly but like hey just kind of take somebody under your wing kind of thing and i don't think she's gonna really grab on you so the option one to me is always the right option just kind of don't do anything and it'll probably add on but i, I you know i, I don't I don't advise anyone with like some weird love affair for a couple months because you're you're paranoid. Yeah, and again, it's not anything I have any experience with, and I didn't even realize like when I was still in my college town, like no one ever did coke in college. Okay, they, they just didn't, and Couldn't then it was it. like the no, no, it was like it was just an era thing. Like it mm. still was uncool, and then all of a sudden like some younger dudes were doing it and then got older guys were like, Hey, what's going on here? You know? And then like, I was still as has been covered still in town bartending. And then I, I, I was like bad at figuring it out. And like another bartender would be like, Oh, that guy's fucking out of his mind right now. And I'd be like, well, I don't know. I just seemed super alert and interested in everything I was saying. And they'd be like, no, 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 no. So there's a good chance. It guys locked in. Yeah. 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 Right. There's a good chance you had like a weird freak out because the drugs that you're on and it's kind of lingering. I mean, the same thing can happen when you drink too much and then yes. you're like replaying stuff and you're like, dude, 
none of this shit even like, what are you doing? Like, none of it matters. It doesn't, nothing like there's not anything to you. You don't have to keep replaying it. So the whole let's address the crowd option of number two being like, Hey, so gang, what's going on? <laughs> um, crazy, crazy. Just want to start, you know, glad the team is here, but let's, you know, the minutes, if we can get the minutes updated here, just uh, ran into <laughs> so-and-so and boy, was that a weird night, huh? You know, cause then you're going to have to like figure out how you want to cover your tracks in this weird ass story that isn't really true, but sort of true. You're probably going to get some of it wrong. And then if somebody's really smart, they'll know they're like, why is this guy bringing this up? And I don't know if the group, there's anyone seasoned enough in that group when you're younger, you're maybe not as, as experienced with certain things. Like I wouldn't have figured it out in my twenties later on. I would have gone like that guy just gave a speech because he's had the fucking mental weirds for a week about something that happened. All right. So if your team is really young, maybe you can pull it off. I think that's pointless. I think number three is arguably like, I know people probably hate four more than three. I think three hinting at a promotion, although you're fit for middle management, hinting for things <laughs> that you could do that you can't do uh, is really, really messed up. And then, you know, you're burning her. Then who knows what could happen? Then she could start telling people. And clearly you care about your rep. And it is this world is actually it can be kind of a smaller world and you're all in the same city. And if you want to stay in this industry, you know, I don't think you want to create an enemy. You know, somebody saying that you may or may not have gotten after it one night at some weird club in Brooklyn is not nearly as bad as you saying, hey, keep it quiet. I can help you with a promotion. And then you never get it for her and you leave. So that that's fucked Four on the platonic thing. I think Kyle is is right. You're like, hey, do you want to come hang out like friend it up? Who knows? Maybe you'll even like her. Um, clearly, she's not a rich fitness instructor, so that's not <laughs> something you're going to have to worry about getting attached to emotionally, apparently. But yeah, get her in the mix. Because again, do not forget the fact, like if I'm you, I'm telling myself, hey, she was at this place too. She was at this spot as well. So, you know, this isn't like I was leaving church and a bag fell out. All right. <laughs> yeah, all right. So. Option one of ignoring it, you're thinking about it way more than anybody else is. And, you know, even though you said it's a bit on the nerdier side, you could eventually just deny it too if somebody ever said anything to you about it, because that's the other part. So, like, if you admit to her something that you could probably deny and say, no, that was, that was other people I was with, like, not even, that's not even close to being true then it's kind of over if it were to even come up. But the really good, like the best odds are is that this is never going to come up again. It's never going to come up again. So you going through all these hoops, although less boring, uh, they, they all are pretty stupid, to be honest with you. The last thing I would say about option four is that like people don't really talk shit about like the people that they like and that are in the mix. Like I feel like, you know, higher ups, you know, usually somebody's got a gripe with like a higher up or something. Uh, that you know isn't seen as much, and may you know maybe just is a little a little harsher, a little stricter, a little colder personally, you know, with underlings, and like that's when I think people want to talk about that. Be like, actually, you know what? It's funny you said that. Actually, about this guy, I saw 
you know, he was at this place and it was definitely on Coke or something. So if you're like, that's what the thing, the, the last thing I'll say about four is if you're in the mix at all, just a guy that they like, maybe has said a funny joke one time, you had a nice happy hour for, you know, uh, shared some cauliflower wings at some cool place in Brooklyn. Like maybe that's that might that just might put you past the threshold of being somebody that would get gossiped like that. Usually like, you know, the hard ass asshole managers, middle managers, I think are the ones that people bond over telling stories about. So if you could just get yourself out of that, which is, you know, nothing, not even one step past platonic, I think that would that would definitely sure up you able be able to just never talk about this anyways. And nobody else would talk about it because gossip is a real thing. But I think it just matters who you are to the people that are gossiping. I'm just trying to think, like, what would be worse? Pretending to date somebody for six months because you want to recruit them as an ally to <laughs> insulate yourself from potential work blowback or going, hey, if you don't gossip about me, which you're then admitting straight up to her, which at this point you could still deny it. But then when you admit it to her, then there's a layer that you'd have to worry about. Uh, and then saying like, you know, you can keep your nose clean. Although that's probably not the best. Uh, that's worse. Best analogy <laughs> right now. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, that's definitely you, worse. What are you sitting on her desk? Like while you're saying it like that's I've had to click through so many uh, training you know, they sensitivity trainings every year about just not doing that exact thing. So <laughs> I don't think, uh, I don't think that's the move. Okay. All right. Uh, how about this one? We've got a sauna off a sauna. Off, oh, okay. Ready? Okay. NBA comp. So it's two emails. I'll read them back to back. Um, Matisse Thibel without the defense literally cannot dribble a basketball. Hey, Ryan, 5'9", 165, go to the gym five times a week, normally before work. The end of my workout normally ends with a 15-minute sauna session. During this time, I like to tune out, no head, uh, no phone, no headphones. Over the last couple of weeks, I've noticed one particular guy who tends to go to the gym at the same time as me normally, who I've encountered in the sauna a few times. In the sauna, he blasts music from his phone, no headphones, rap music, normally 50 Cent, 3-6 Mafia, et cetera. Oh, which fun. I normally would have no problem with. Kyle's like, which gym is this? I want to join damn. next week. Um, I'd have no problem with when listening on my own. To add to it, he will then rap the lyrics and I've even <laughs> seen him throw in a basketball shooting motion if the lyrics call for it. At this point, I think I should mention he is built and looks like Idris Elba with tribal tattoos. Mm. Uh, in no way am I all caps ever considering saying something to this guy. I just want to know if Everyone else in the gym sauna who's encountered this is thinking the same as me is that this is a uh, that this is preposterous behavior. I'm sure I can help myself out by putting in headphones, but honestly, I just enjoy that time not looking at my phone when I have desk job that uh, has me looking at screens the rest of the day. Just want to know your thoughts and if you've encountered anything like this. Okay, so that's one sauna dilemma. Let's compare it to this one. Uh, the title of this one, Kyle, is Praying in the Sauna. So, guys, been listening for over a year. Love the pod. 24, 6, 3, 200 pounds. Basketball styles, Boris DL, mixed with some ISO Joe. Bigger post guy. Okay, got it. Whenever I'm in the sauna, I pray. It is a bit weird, but I find it an easy and non-offensive way to pass the time. Today, I whipped out the sign of the cross, and someone in the sauna said, Are you fucking praying? <laughs> I responded, quote, yes, just trying to kill some time. And he said, quote, that's fucking weird and offensive. I got up and left without saying anything more. Lots of cussing out of this guy. I got up and left without saying anything more. Lots of cussing out of this guy. I guess he was saying after 
if he was walking away. My question is, is it really that offensive? Why would he care uh, if I was not praying out loud? It's just the sign of the cross. Curious what you guys have to say. Love all of you. All right. Yeah. It would have been easier if that guy wasn't a Catholic, right? Because most of the uh, most of the non-Catholics just kind of get, get right into it. They don't have to do any like uh, foreplay before the praying. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not uh I'm not super religious. So <laughs> me neither. I don't know. I, I look, I which one's worse? Uh I, I gotta tell you, I think the the music on a speaker in a sauna, then also That's rapping, terrible. you know, at that point the basketball motions aren't even surprising at that point because this guy's <laughs> willing to do anything. Like my guess is this is his gym. The gym is a big part of his day. He likes being the gym guy. I bet you if you watch him on the floor. You know, he says hi to a lot of people. And, you know, I've, I've seen that over the course of, of my years that like the gym is for some people, it's like the place where they're important because they're jacked and they're huge. And it's like it's like the best part of their day because they're the, the gym big guy. And normally those guys are really friendly, which is kind of crazy because you would think it'd be the opposite. But my experience has been that a lot of times the biggest, most jacked guy because he's just alphaing the fuck out of the rest of us that he's like the happiest he's going to be all day because it's his domain. But you can also see that person kind of evolve into like, it's, it is my gym. And then that's what you could possibly be having here. Like, I think I'd probably experience it once and then not say anything. Or it could be a like, whoa, dude, you really, what, am I in the wrong sauna? You know, something like that. <laughs> Playful. That's good. Yeah. I know the second time I would, I would, I don't care. I would be like, are you, are you serious? It's like, dude, you know, now the praying thing, you ran into somebody else who either takes religion really seriously or despises it for them to be that offended for you to silently pray and then do the sign of the cross. Uh, Sure. I think a lot of us listening would be like, maybe that's a little weird. But if you're not doing anything, if you're not, you're, you're not making any noise, you're not distracting, like that's supposed to be a quiet place. That's the whole point of the sauna. Decompress, hang as long as you can, get a little sweat going. I would obviously do it after you lifted. But that's supposed to be, you don't go into those places like 99% of the time when you walk into a sauna with other people that are in there. Sorry. Nobody wants to talk to anybody. <laughs> right. A couple so, grunts, that's it. I would I'd say in this case, like the praying, I if I'm thinking of me as the other person, the praying, I, it wouldn't bother me anyway. You know, again, the, even though I'm not very religious, I I don't like for the most part, it's like, all right, man, if like that makes you feel cool, whatever. And I don't mean that like as in a in a in a critical way, just all right, you know, if that's something that you're into and makes you feel better, great, you know, to a point of of some of the options that are out there but i uh i I don't even think it's close i don't even think it's close and i think the other guy for going so hard at the dude praying is actually a little out of line uh unless that person is like by the book you know just by the book of like separation of church and sauna (laughs) well mic drop yeah i think it's easy it's easily the guy who's ruining it for everyone else with the you know, with the, with the noise and, you know, we even weird motions. I was thinking steam room cause I'm a steam room guy, but like, you know, cause a steam room, you know, this is pretty cloudy. You can barely even see what's going on there. But yeah, I forgot sauna is like, uh, 
it's like HD vision compared to a steam room. So yeah, I mean, especially <laughs> with the guy doing like, you know, all the motions and stuff, uh, that's that's terrible, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that I don't have to give life advice on what to do about this guy. Uh, if we're just picking which is worth, it's definitely uh, definitely the the sort of guy with great music taste. I, I can understand being afraid of Idris Elba and saying, "I don't want to tell this guy to turn his music off," right? Because most right. people would go, oh. and I just he's is he enormous or he's just. Is he Hollywood jacked? I don't know. I mean, is he just I, chiseled, I'm, normal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he's. I think the point of this comp is that we're talking about somebody that you know you might name. You may just not be like willing to vocally challenge <laughs> on right. first exchange. So more often than not, like a lot of guys would kind of, unless then I love like the guy that's just at that age, and I don't know what that number is. It might be like sixty four, might be seventy two, where that guy just goes, "Hey, what the fuck." turn the music off like because yeah. he just doesn't even care and that guy might even try to throw a punch too like he's just had so many things in his life where he's like i don't even care about anything anymore like i'm just going to tell you and the, the speaker guy is wrong here he's wrong but for the other person to get that upset about the praying thing that's actually a, a stranger call out as reluctant as you would be with the music the other guy to just step up and be like are you praying and then do say hey that's offensive like i think you rare you ran into a rare co-sauna guy for him to be that willing to tell you <laughs> off like that yeah okay uh kyle we got a good one for you here smoking as a hobby 510 170 runner tennis player otherwise unimpressive question for kyle i recently did a marathon and took a bit of time off from running i started walking most evenings just to keep the legs busy and i found this time to be the perfect opportunity to have a cigarette or two I've never been a smoker, but I was bored and looking for a new vice, uh, recently gave up drinking. Okay. So it makes a little bit more sense. Two months ago was the first pack of cigs I ever purchased. My question, how many cigarettes a month makes it a bad habit? My friends have been giving me a ton of flack, but the girlfriend is mostly okay with it as long as it doesn't become a habit. I've been doing American, uh, I've been doing spirits. American spirits that helps or hurts my case. Kyle, please shame accordingly and let me know what I should be smoking. I'm never going to tell anyone you should definitely get into smoking as a hobby. Uh, but I think at, at this point, I mean, listen, good for your friends that they're like, you know, maybe they'll start smacking them out of your hands. Like I've had friends that done that. Um, unless we're talking about how many a day, <laughs> I don't think this is a habit yet. You know, I don't think this is this is definitely like few and far between. If we're talking how many a month, I don't even know. I'd have to do, I'd have to do math uh, to figure out like what's more, you know, what's too much. Um, so unless we're talking about like how many a day, I think we're just not even asking the right questions here. So I think, think you're probably okay. Um, like I said, I'm never going to tell anyone like you should definitely get into this. Uh, Cause it's not a hobby. It's definitely a lifestyle guy. So um, I don't know. I think, uh, I'd say just taper off if you can. Um, He's going to get addicted. I mean, let's just get to the root of this thing. Yeah. If you're doing it out of boredom, what you're going to do, because it's what it, it it's what happens with the products, is you're going to go, oh, I'm bored. And like, oh, the girlfriend's out of the house. Like, you know what would be nice right now is a cigarette. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I only do it out the back porch or whatever. You know, and then in two years, you're going to be starting your fucking day like Don Draper <laughs> grabbing the pack before you even have your boxers on. Yeah. So. You know, not everybody, but that's kind of the program here. So if you could stop, 
I would say stop. Now, I can't believe you're a marathon runner and in your downtime of boredom, you go for long walks. You're like, you know what? I'm going to start firing up cigarettes. You've made it this long. You made it through the weird, hey, I want to be cool outside of the parking lot in high school phase. You made it out of the having drinks with buddies in college where I had so many buddies that would smoke when they were drunk and it was like the funniest thing ever, but then they they didn't do it when they weren't drunk. But then some guys kept doing it and then they became like full-blown smokers. So you've made it through the phase and you're deciding what, 28, did he say? Uh, oh, he didn't have an agent here. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I doubt we're going to get a lot of feedback saying, no, 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 this is a great idea. And here's why. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, is it even worse to say like, I don't know, pick up like cigars or something? I don't know. I don't mean nobody, that's like more offensive to everyone else around you, but uh, and they take way longer, right? So I don't know. That's probably not good advice either. But I, I, what is it about smoking that you like? Could you find that in something else? I guess that's what I would say. See, I see. I think a lot of the times it's the it's the boredom, it's the the oral fixation, it's the having something in your hands. It's like yep. somebody a drink. Somebody right. decides to not drink anymore, but they still want to go out. It's like they don't know what to do with their hands. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a cranberry juice. <laughs> it's a natural diuretic. All right. <laughs> what else? Uh, what else do we have? We have one more here. Yeah, I, I, let's just do this one because it's not even a question. Uh, the Michael Rubin Hamptons party. If you've seen the footage, it looks like maybe the greatest party ever. That's not at like the Oscars or something, right? Uh, uh, did it look great or did it just look like everyone was there? I'm not saying I'm not shitting on the party, but I'm just Whoa. saying like, I'm just saying sounds what, like you have questions. Well, I got disinvited from his Vegas party, so his stock has dropped with me tremendously. What happened um, there? No, it was like uh, we got through John Jastrzemski. Tate got invited and I, I was his plus one. We were all excited about it. And then it turns out we were like invited to the red carpet and then we weren't able to we weren't going to be able to go inside. And that just I mean really grinds my gears oh, sounds like sounds like it could be weird next time you run into Ruben. yeah well that's what you get just so i understand you thought you were invited so michael rubin had this Hamptons party. party all right we'll get to the vegas part of it um it looked like july 4th i believe and it was you know when you saw the pictures you're like wait that guy's there you know it just keeps building and building and building and you know a bunch of dudes are there and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, Brady's there. And then you're like, wait, DiCaprio's there. And it just, you know, Jay-Z, Beyonce. I, it's unbelievable. I think it'd be a fascinating podcast just for an hour of how you put that together. But some people are really good at that. Some people are really good connectors. And Ruben, if you know his story at all, none of this to me is even remotely surprising. Uh, he seems to be somebody that's really good at, at you know, not only his own success, but like, just living in a world that's a very hard world to live in, or maybe people see him with all the money going, well, he doesn't need anything from me, so I don't even like have to worry about this. Or if he's doing deals and all this kind of stuff, like he, again, I'm, I'm kind of just talking out of my ass about this whole thing, but like this, this all seems to make a lot of sense if you know his story. But then I think just the logistics of it all, of who gets invited, how do you get the invites out? Like how does... What's the reach out to a DiCaprio? How does that work? Or are you just friendly with him because of some other thing that happened and he's totally down 
for for coming out to a party where there's going to be a ton of other famous people because it just seems like logistically would that many people at that level all be able to fly to the same place at the same time yes i understand because private jets and all that kind of stuff but like you think you'd get a few cancellations or whatever so then he has something in vegas for summer league and we saw the stuff from that and you couldn't get in what what's the point of the red carpet if you can't go in that's what we said. And we're and then so apparently did, she, did none of you get in? We didn't go because we we were just we were just making sure because um, we they were we were getting like info for red carpet stuff. And we were like, all right, yeah, so we're not super interested in the red carpet. You know, we just kind of wanted to go to the party. And the lady was like, ah, oh, that's that's not really an option. And it's like, all right, so what are we on the clock here? We're going to like just we're going to fake. We're going to we're going to take some photos to like say we went in and then didn't. And then we'll talk about it on our media you know, platforms. I don't know. Uh, so I, we did, we did, we didn't go, but I did spend a good 24, 36 hours being really excited to go, especially on the heels of everything we saw from uh, Mr. Rubin in the Hamptons. Right. I guess the emailer wanted to know how we'd go about getting an invite to that. And apparently we just found out an invite's not always an invite. Yeah, it sounds like you got to find a backdoor guy. I think that's it. Also being way more successful and famous than any of us that would, do it. would, that would, would help. It. That would probably be uh, an advantage that you would that look would for. It. Yeah. Okay. Life advice has been brought to you by Modelo. The fighting spirit means never giving up, even when the odds are against you. And it's something you can taste in every sip of Modelo. The crisp golden lager has premium hops that make it the perfect reward to get through whatever challenges you're facing. You deserve this. So hold it up high. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options for Modelo near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. That's life advice. Uh, again, remember Friday feedback emails as well. Friday feedback, gmail.com. We'll do kind of a standalone as the summer months get or summer weeks get a little bit leaner. Thanks to Kyle. Thanks to Steve. As always, the Brian Russell podcast. Ringer Spot. Bye.